0: You're listening to the County Live podcast with me, Martin Johnson, over here. And me, Martin Johnson, over here. And I'll tell you something, Martin. I've just noticed on the MEN a story about the most smelliest, constantly flooded ginnel. And is it the most disgusting alleyway in Stockport? so the <laughs> one that goes from Moscow Road East and Booth Street to Edgley, and it's a gut round to the station.
1: I don't know. I reckon down the back of my sofa will give that a run for his money. But, uh...
0: <laughs> but yeah, there you go. That's that's uh, the big, big news in Stockport as we sit down on Thursday night.
1: I should say not my sofa. Mrs. will kill me.
0: But in the real world... There's lots to talk about tonight. Firstly, a new signing.
1: Yeah, literally uh, hot off the press as we speak. Uh, Richie Bennett, Port Vale striker, signs on a two-year deal. The six-foot, four-centre-forward, I'll have, you know, shades of Kevin Francis. Not quite as tall, but um, who knows? Uh, Maybe he's half as successful. Let's hope so. Um, I think a lot of county fans would agree that a striker is where we uh, have been lacking lately or where we, we need improving, maybe is a fairer way of saying it. I think Niall Bell had a very, very good game at the weekend. I thought he, he looked very strong in the second half in particular um, when Liam McAlyndon was playing alongside him. Uh, Macker himself has been playing up at the top. Um, but I don't think either of them particularly flourished or have done at all this season in, in, in that particular role. Richie Bennett, <clears throat> you know, he's been playing in the Football League He's got a good pedigree, he's worked with Jim before, which is, as we know, uh, quite a key thing for for Jim. And and hopefully is the final piece um, to a very complicated yet glorious puzzle.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Nothing wrong, as we've said, with Niall Bell or Liam as players. But what was the one thing County are lacking at the moment? Licking? County (laughs) are not licking them, but they're short of goals. It's about goals, it's the G word
1: ultimately that the ball not going in the net is <laughs> if you want no to make it, want to call it, it, <laughs> the most simple form the most broken down form uh, of football is you've got to get the ball over the line and in recent weeks we've we've been doing just enough or sometimes not enough um to take maximum points um, we're in a playoff run now you know we, we, we're swinging and if 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 this guy comes in and scores 10 goals or, or less I don't know um, I don't know what the, the expected ratio is but if he can come in and get 5 or 6 goals that mean we win 5 or 6 games instead of drawing 5 or 6 games then you've got to say it's an incredible signing but um, you know 5 or 6 tough games um, they're all tough games left to come so he's got his work cut out but how can you not be excited it's another big signing for, for Stockport County
0: it's the business end of the season and goals are really important so it sounds like a great signing draw with barnet on saturday you know a couple of goals there would have would have made a difference keeps county in the mix so many clubs around on 55 points but the the one looming thing on the horizon is Bar- barnet and their games in hand
1: yeah uh, it was another harumph moment uh, the weekend where you felt like the three points were were there for the taking, if I'm being honest, don't get me wrong, Barnett. <clears throat> very, very good side, especially in the first half. They were big, physical, strong, um, well-organised, played well. Um, second half, I mean, County got the goal just literally just before half-time. Um, and and I don't know whether it was that, whether it was a team talk from Jim, whether it, it was the change of Ben Jackson coming off and Liam McAllen coming on. Maybe the three things combined... It was a different game. The second half, I thought County. It'd be unfair to say they absolutely battered them, but um, you know they they absolutely ran the rule of the second half. That would be fair to say. And the goal just didn't come. Um, could it have happened if, uh, if if the referee had given a penalty when he could have done free kicks when he could have done things going the wrong way, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Yeah, that I has those things have impact on the game. But ultimately, we didn't score the goal and and maybe Richie Bennett is the way forward for that.
0: So you touched on the referee there. It's not something that we like to talk about, but we have to on this show sometimes. You wanted to talk about refereeing standards again.
1: Oh, we, I, I hate speaking about it,
0: but you're right, we have to. We should, that noise that you did there, we should record it and like just elongate it every time <laughs> we talk about refereeing standards. The so big sigh. The was, refereeing
1: standards sigh. I was saying it the weekend after the game. Now you and I disagree on whether referees should come out and and say something. I'm not saying that they should come out and be interviewed. uh, You know, that would be unfair because the journals will be fully loaded with specific questions and bias to either side or whatever. But I certainly think a statement from the referees after every game, just a couple of lines, um, nine times out of ten where refereeing uh, standards are, are of a higher level, those statements won't have to say anything. The game ticked over as normal, yellow card for a shirt pull, whatever. But, there are going to be moments in games where there's contentious moments. For me, referees should be saying, I did see the penalty appeal where such and such a person went down. I didn't think it was strong enough. Or I spoke with my linesman. He said it was a penalty. I said it wasn't and I overruled him. Something like that to that effect because fans are going away, scratching their heads. How has this not been given? How has the throwing gone this way and not that way that they've then scored from? Etc. Etc. Now, whether it's, <clears throat> we're speaking off there after the game whether it's we're stuck in this uncertain passage now in in the national league in that the referees at the levels below us are young up-and-coming refs who are still learning the game or the older older fellas who are you know sort of going on towards the end of the career um, that's where that's that's that pool and then above us is football league standard refereeing and we're stuck in this kind of middle zone where the referees aren't really held to account they're not quiet at football league level but now I don't know it's just a theory might be completely wrong but something is not right with the level of refereeing at this season I know that for certain I've not done a big case study in it but it is infuriating and these guys have got to be put under the microscope because they will cost managers jobs they will cost strikers you know a new guy will come in because so many games has been without a goal when some goals could have been taken you know a guy who's uh, dangerous on the pitch will be allowed to stay on the pitch and then will break someone's leg. Or these things happen because referees, certainly at this level at the moment, are just not up to standard. And it's, it's, it's frustrating to watch as, as a fan and someone so close to the game.
0: Don't you think, though, if they did make a statement? I mean, it's not a bad idea, just a short statement. They could, you know, they could make their statements, forward it to National League HQ, gets approved, and then just gets put out on social for every game. So that's only like what you have to do, what, 12 games a weekend. But don't you think that's not going to change anything? People just, it's not. People disagree with what they've said. Possibly. Possibly. So but a VAR. It, but it hasn't solved anything, isn't it? If anything, in terms of perception, yeah. in terms of perception of the game, it's actually made things worse.
1: You, you may well be right, but I feel VAR as an example, we, if... If it hadn't come in, we would still be in the conversation of it could be a great thing, it could be a terrible thing. The fact that they've trialled it, the fact you know whether it stays, whether it goes, I don't know. But the fact is, we now we now have a much clearer understanding. We, we've essentially got that ball rolling. While nothing happens with this level of referee, matches will continue to be affected. Wrong decisions will be made. Points will go to teams you know where they should have gone the other way. Um, it has to be looked at it has to be I'm I'm not an official representative of the club this is not Stockport County saying this this is my view you know I, for, for many many years I was a paying fan at County obviously in more recent years I've managed to blag myself a, a free <laughs> way in but I'm Stockport's still
0: number one blagger
1: <laughs> I, I'm still you know a, I'm still a, a paying customer in many ways you know I still buy the shirts I still do everything else I want to see good games of football and um it's just it's just incredibly frustrating that um, this same problem comes up week in week out i don't want to be sitting here talking about how was this not given how has he stayed on the pitch but here we are again
0: well as you say the one concerning thing is it, it is about the knock on effects the wider effects from you know what happens inside play you know if players are getting seriously injured and managers are losing their jobs and stuff because of bad decisions, then yeah, then it probably doesn't need looking at, but let's put the, uh, your interview with Jim in here. You'll probably talk to him about the refereeing.
1: I'm Richie Bennett. I would assume. Indeed. Jim, it's Thursday evening, back here in the warmth of, uh, of Edgeley Park, it's bitterly cold outside at the moment but we're not here to speak about the weather, we're here to speak about the football uh, Barnett came to town at the weekend and we got a draw just uh, just break down the game for us if you would I thought
2: it was a great day, it was great to be back at Edgeley Park fantastic crowd uh, real good atmosphere um, <clears throat> I thought we were quiet in the first half and we never really imposed ourselves on them I made a change at half time I think we, we got going second half, really put put them under pressure and uh, in the end I was quite disappointed we didn't didn't win I thought we'd create enough opportunities had um, if the referee had been a little bit kinder to us uh, or fairer with us um perhaps we could have had a, a penalty free kicks in dangerous areas um, to top up with the other pressure we had but yeah so a little bit disappointed we didn't fulfil what we felt was a really good game that deserved three points
1: I don't want to go too much into the the roots of the referee. We, we spoke about it with, with Martin in, in the rest of the podcast. We have spoke about it before. So I think we should focus more a little bit on the football side. You said you mentioned a couple of changes at half time. Liam McAllen for me provided a real spark and brought Niall Bell into the game quite a bit more. Was that was that what you wanted from him when he came on? Um
2: yeah, uh, I, I thought he would bring that to us. Um but I thought the one of the biggest problems we had is that uh Danny and, uh Danny looked uncomfortable up front. Um I, I don't think he was really connecting with um Belly. I think Danny's uh, naturally leans to the left and he's uh wants to get down the side and penetrate. And I think uh was quite isolated and um you know, we, we, we really need um when we play that system and we match up with teams, we really need much more legs from left wing back, uh, Sam Walker maybe not so much Paul because he has a defensive job, but Connor and Sam Minahan. And I think I was a little bit disappointed that we didn't uh, commit more players forward at the right times on Saturday. I thought when we'd seen that um, Sam Walker commit himself forward um, against Ev's fleet, you've seen the opportunities create and chances he had. And I think that um, I just felt that if we moved Danny to the left, we knew we'd definitely have somebody who would commit to the forward play um, and he'd be more aggressive on the left and when he, because he was, people felt that we were playing four-three-three 3 with, with him and Belly. And Liam was trying to play off the right. But I really wanted him to be down the middle as a pair and uh, put some pressure on their their three centre-backs. And uh, we did. We created um, enough pressure on them. We got enough entries into the final third, created enough opportunities to cross shots and set plays. But uh, I think we were just lacking... In open play, we've been lacking that quality. I think it showed in that. 11 shots, only one on target. Um, but at the moment, um, our set plays have been excellent. Uh, we're starting to improve our goal kick strategies, our throwing strategies. So there's things that we've been working on trend that I'm seeing positive effects and we just got to keep working on that. And then as we add better players, we can trust that we'll get uh, better quality attacking play from open play.
1: Obviously, that, that brings us nicely onto to um, Richie Bennett. And uh, it, it, the news has been announced today that, that he's come into the into the squad. Just just talk to us about the new boy.
2: Well, I know Richie really well from his days at Northwich. Um, he had a disappointing time at Ashton United and um, I brought him to Northwich and he was a perfect fit for what I wanted in a number nine and a point attacker. You know, he's more <clears> than <throat> just a target man. He's, his mobility, his tenacity, without the ball, is great. Um he can score goals from outside the box, um, if but if you present him with good crosses and good set plays, he'll also score. So, been been, been a, an admirer of uh, Richie when he played with us, and um, obviously watched with interest as he moved up the leagues. Um, the type of players we're looking to bring in, we won't play people who know this level, uh, it won't be a cultural shock for them. Um, they've got to be good enough, strong enough and professional enough to be able to deal with what this level's about. But also with Richie, he's another player like Liam and Lois that stepped up to the next level and equipped himself really well. And we're we're fortunate um, that we've been able to attract players like that to the club. And I think Richie's just another one in that selection of players that we're looking for that will give us something at this level that most clubs won't have.
1: My my question tonight was going to be: Is it something you've got your eye on? The fact that all the goals are coming, or certainly the last few goals have come from from centre halves, um, in particular, at the weekend. Was this a direct answer to that? Did we need more quality up front? Do you think?
2: L- that's the question that we we want uh, uh, we we could have all said at the summer. Um, you know, to think that where we are at the moment um, this season, um, without really having a number nine that I felt as really. Grabbed this level by the scruff of the neck. Um, so I, I, I placed a lot of faith in Frank and Nile at the start of the season as two young players that had stepped up in the national north, equipped themselves really well, played a good chunk of games, shown what they're capable of. And on the occasion, whether that be Harrogate with Frank or against Filed with Nile, they looked like they could do the business against teams on the next level. Um, I think when we first came into this level, Six or seven of our players realised that you needed to sharpen up, be more dynamic, quicker decisions, uh, really get to the pitch of the game, and they really stepped up. Um, Elliot, Adam, Thomas, and several other players all got to the pitch of the game. I just don't think our nines ever did, and uh, their stats um, have been disappointing. And um, I think we've been, you know, looking for a number nine all season, Um and now that we're at that point where we've finally got one that we feel could. Lead the line and do everything that number nine should do at this level. Um, I'm really, really pleased.
1: Does it does it add much more pressure uh, on Richie Bennett's shoulders, or is this not how the strikers' mentality work? He he will know that coming into Stockport County, he'll know that we want to get more goals straight away. We've we've mastered a, a lot of the field, if you like. We can move the ball around well. We can create chances. We just haven't been getting the ball over the line. Does it put more pressure on him knowing that we're chasing the playoffs? We need more goals. You're the guy we turn to.
2: Um, you could argue that you know it depends where you want to look at it. it is the, whether we need more goals to win games um, we need to start giving away cheap penalties uh, we'd have win a game if we give away defend long throw better we'd have picked up two more points if we manage a game better at Dagenham we'd have picked up two more points so we score in every game um, and we're picking points up in every game because of those goals but more importantly because of the clean sheets um, and I think the integrity of the team has uh, been bolstered in the last six or seven weeks not just by the addition of Liam Hogan and uh, the return to form of seven <clears throat> other players a change in shape um, and a real uh, defensive ethic about us um, you could argue that that shape or that defensive ethic is taken away a little bit from the front play um, but we still created one-on-one opportunities. We still put good crosses into the box from open play. We're still creating 11 chances and not hitting the target. So, um we have to look at the in- individuals and what they do in, in the final third to create opportunities and take opportunities. And, um you know, it's been a lament since the turn of the year that uh nines or tens are just not scoring goals so therefore we need to uh, find a way of getting them goals or find better players and uh, I think that's the process, that was always going to happen with the new owners um, um, and and the money being available Uh, myself and Simon have been working really really hard behind the scenes to get that that kind of quality to come in, Uh, Richie is not the only type of player or the only player that we'd be looking to bring in the next couple of weeks We're, we're still in the market for more and then the great thing about Liam and Lois and, um, and Richie is that they're not only great for now, but they're going to be great for next year and many years to come as we as we make progress.
1: Richie's played with Paul Turnbull before. He's the club captain here at County. He's worked with you before. Um, do you think that'll help him bed in a little quicker or, or gel, if you like, a, a little quicker?
2: Uh, yeah, I think the most important thing is his own personality. He's a really nice guy, um, very professional, Um uh, F- fit straight in with the lads tonight. Um, adapted quite quickly. We're not going to do anything completely different than what he's done at any other club in terms of the role we'll be asking to play. He knows, um, he knows Paul. He knows Sam. I think from Kers and days and um, and they've all played against each other. And the great thing for Richie is that he's very familiar with all the staff because we all worked at Northwich with him. And uh, so when we knew he was coming back in, the smile on the lads' face. not a star's face it wasn't just because of the type of player he is and the type of professional he is but the kind of person he is so really looking forward to working with him I think he's going to be a great addition to the group and his personality and his character means that he'll settle in really quickly the same way that Liam has and Danny coming back and Lois and uh, Liam and you know we've had some nice guys and they get on great with each other so it's going to be important because we need them to gel on the pitch as as much as they have off the pitch
1: I realise this might be putting you on the spot a little bit, but do you see him going straight into the squad on Saturday? Without a doubt,
2: I think it's we've been crying out for what he brings, and uh, watching him in training tonight, I just think that we're, we're looking at something that it's a relief really because we've been missing it. Uh, we've been missing somebody that the opposition would be thinking, not a bit scared of, um, a bit worried about, wondering what kind of level they're at. Um, I hope he he, he plays the way he's trained tonight and the way I've seen him play over the years and um, you know I I think you know Niles had a a difficult time Um, you know he was willing to fight out the opportunity here um, rather than go off and try and drop a level and go and play football and start to you know believe that it's more enjoyable there playing and no pressure Uh, I think Niles stuck to the task of taking the pressure and it's been difficult for him because he's find it hard he needs something to give him a bit of confidence a bit of energy um, and I think that uh, he, he trained well tonight and he always does but I think it's a massive burden for somebody so young to lead this line and I think that's a burden that Richie Bennett will, will thrive upon and I think that the lads will they know that if they put the ball into him and give him the service they'll do the business for us.
1: Well just just finally then on, on the dynamic of, of Richie Bennett and Niall Bell um, I like now, Bell. I have said it many times in commentary and on the podcast. He is still a young lad as you speak about. Can he can he learn from Richie Bennett? Do you think there's there's experience that he can take aboard and just play off him in training and in games and, and, and enhance his own game?
2: Without a doubt, I think any player that comes in, whether it's um Festus has got so much he can learn from Ash Palmer and um and Liam Hogan and the way they've come in and the the level of professionalism. Mm-hmm. The way they start training, the way the bit they do at the extra training, um, the little snippets of information and thinking power that comes with that. And then Nile can learn from that, and can learn from all the staff and all his teammates. Um, but he has to be open minded, he has to be able to absorb, learn, watch, admire, take a board, and then the most important thing for him, I think, is going to see what a number nine, if he wants to be a success in the game, what a number nine does in training, every, every, every training session and what he does in matches. And, you know, and I think so for him, it'd be, uh, an important that he has somebody that if he can look across the training picture, um, that he can learn from. But again, it's also a little bit of pressure. It's a little bit more, uh, competition. Uh, Hopefully he rises to that as well. And, um, but like I said, we, I'm very conscious when I need everybody, um, and like I said, we're we're looking to continue to add. Um, I think we're, and and Simon would agree with this. We're we're, we're quite a way away from the team we want to be to be, uh, top of this league. Uh, you know, whether whether that be in, in the playoffs or whether next season. So there's a lot of work being done. A lot of work being done and training around and get the best out of ourselves. But a lot of work behind the scenes and around. Uh, the offices in terms of getting the kind of quality in that just takes us to the next level and um, uh, this is another positive sign of them steps in that right direction
1: Again, I feel like I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit and if if, the, if you can't say anything then then completely understand it but you've mentioned a couple of times potential new signings are, are the departments you're looking at in particular are the players that you've got in mind without naming any names or is it still very much work in progress and we'll wait and see um,
2: I think I uh, think you know, in reality, we're looking at all areas because we're looking for. You know, at this stage, we don't have a lot of people signed up for next year, um, so there's massive um, recruitment in, and retention uh, going on at the moment. Uh, you know, because it's not just about the players we're bringing in; we're also looking to retain our staff, our players. Um, and those that really have stepped up and done the business this year. So, and it's integrating all that, um, and recognizing maybe the, the holes we might have next year, um, and looking to recruit people that perhaps can do a job right now and also fill those holes next year. But, um, I think it, it, you don't have to be Simon, the director of football or, 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 James Gannon, the manager to recognize where we've been lacking a little bit of quality, where we've been lacking a little bit of extra, um, And I think that we're certainly looking to, uh, we're open-minded about several areas. Um, I think we we need at least one more different type of attacker or or another one to strengthen and bolster us. Um, Maybe if um, a different type of midfielder or a different type of side player become available, then we'd certainly look at that as an opportunity. Um, Like I said, because what we want is to to just keep improving the team one piece at a time and... um, and I think, uh, yeah, I mean, we're still we're fortunate at this level. We've still got a couple of weeks in which we're looking to, to strengthen them. While we're in the hunt for the playoffs, I, I think the appetite of, of Mark and Simon is very much that um, I know that we've made offers for other players. Um, it's a difficult time to get people out of clubs, but um, we're certainly working really hard to try and make uh, one or two other uh, options become available to us. So um, we'll see what the next couple of weeks brings.
1: Let's turn uh, attention to the playing staff that we have then for Saturday and um, the game to come. Um, we saw Connor De Mayo get a run out. We got man of the match of the weekend. Um, thought it was a good performance. Um, what are your thoughts on on Connor uh, and going into this Saturday?
2: Uh, well, uh, I felt fortunately for us, he trained on Monday. So uh, I think one of the things that perhaps might have concerned some people is that when he came off with a dead leg, it was a heavy knock. But um, perhaps taking him off and getting him treatment straight away meant um, that he was able to train on Monday. And he's trained the same standard uh, like you expect with Connor. He's been bright and he's been lively and he's been technically excellent. Um, this week we had um, Adam Thomas return to training and Jordan Keane. Unfortunately, Jordan dropped out again tonight. I think he's, he's just tr- struggling to do find the right amount of work to get over his injury, um, if you call it an injury or a kind of worry issue. Um, you know, it's kind of something he could play with, but is niggling away at him and, um, doesn't feel hundred percent right. So, um, so it was nice to have both of them back potentially available because that really makes the squad look strong. Um, but even if, uh, Keno doesn't make it, um, Paul and Sam, Elliot and Connor form a great options. And, you know, if we need to strengthen up with a bit more of a physical presence, we've got Festus can drop in there. Um, I think probably the back end of the week, we had a few worries, um, uh, Festus missed uh, Tuesday with illness, and Dan missed uh, Thursday with illness. I know you weren't going to ask me on air about coronavirus and what we do differently, but I think we all have to be ultra vigilant and cautious. Uh, we are very, very strict with our hygiene with the players, you know, in terms of using their own bottles and and and, and how we prepare them, because uh, we're all in close proximity. Um, so we've been. And uh, you've obviously have to be extra mindful this week with players being ill and telling them to stay away, uh, not for two weeks, but um, and obviously, but just go and check the symptoms, ask them to do the sensible thing with um, the medical services or the local doctors to find out. But I think both of them were, weren't were coronavirus, they were kind of sickness and colds uh, type things. So uh, hopefully the Festus trained well tonight without any repercussions. Um, Dan, we hope will recover. From his uh, man flu or cold mm-hmm. uh, in time for Saturday, and uh, I think it'd be important because he's he's been an unsung hero at the moment in terms of just filling in either side of the two centre halves, and, and in some ways allowing either the left wing back or the right wing back, uh, Sam, to to go and attack. And he's he's been he's playing very well at the moment. I'm sure he won't want to miss Saturday's game because while he's part of that that unit, he's it's looking really strong. So. um so, yeah, we should be almost back to full and fitness. Uh, unfortunately for Lois, um, the, the, the specialist report was was not concerning. It, it brought up um, some issues that there is um, a healing process going on, but it's a slow area of healing. You can accelerate that healing with different techniques, whether that be surgery or or, or injections. But I think what we want to try and do at the moment is conservatively manage him It's nice to see him running across the training pitch today. And um, Luke's been stepping up. And I think to explain conservatively, management is just managing within the pain thresholds, um, pushing the boundaries of the physical capabilities and seeing what the reaction is and seeing what the pain threshold is. And um, if we keep doing that, then we could see him back in two to three weeks. Uh, If we see no improvement and there is no recovery, then obviously we have to look at some sort of medical intervention. Uh, he'd be fully fit for next pre- next season but we want to give ourselves every opportunity with this Conservative Management programme to get him back um, to full fitness, we did something similar with Connor uh, over the Christmas period and we got him back to full fitness and uh, top form so uh, within a, three or four weeks so we're looking to do the same with uh, Lois but yeah at the moment um, very healthy 18 going down to London um, and a couple that we expect to be fit over the next week or two weeks so um, and and if we can add one or two more, then we'll we'll be in great shape going into the big running.
1: I've got to I've got to ask you about the big running uh, and and the playoff picture. It just slightly evolves week on week. We know a little bit more about it now than we did this time last week. Um, what are your thoughts on the draw against Barnet? What it does for the chances? The fact that we move briefly in, briefly out all the time into the playoffs, and we're just we're just in that mix.
2: Um, Barnett has a lot a side I have a lot of respect for and therefore I thought that we we really quit ourselves well. We've we've perhaps been a bit edgy against um them away and you know, we've maybe the odd younger players playing with a bit of nerves, maybe um a couple of players are playing with, with less freedom and more more anxious because of the nature they're all cup finals, it's like high energy games and um I thought we did really well against Barnett Um I think it was important we, we tried to win the game we we gave uh, so I was disappointed we didn't because it would have kept them a, a little bit further behind us uh, obviously had a fantastic win mid uh, midweek this put them in a stronger position strangely moved us up one position uh, with the the goal difference effect on Woking. but that's the topsy-turvy nature they, they'll feel they're in the hunt after that win and they will be because of the, the squad they got the form they're in um, I think we can you can manipulate all the figures. Um, I think this time last year when we were in a title race with Chorley, we knew we'd start the season with some tough games and Chorley start with some easy games and their final eight games was a lot harder than our eight. I think every team now, you look through, you think they're all tough games. Um, but I, I think um, we can't get excited about Notch County at home or Yeovil at home or any other team unless we pick up maximum points at Maidenhead and, and really... Not just getting that hunt, but getting that hunt when the put and the games are level, um, and then we can be excited because then we know it's in our own hands. But uh, at the moment, we've got to just keep uh, trying to maximise everything we take out of games. And so, without looking too far ahead, I just want the lads to get a win on Saturday like we did at edgefleet and and make the next home game exciting. Um, and like I said, we're, we're moving towards 60 points, which is brilliant. And then we want to try and break through that barrier quickly, and then see if we can get ourselves to 70 points and see where that leaves us.
1: Jim, as ever, it's a big game on Saturday. All our very best.
2: Thanks so much.
0: So to close off on Barnet, then, who was your player of the week? Who do you think had a good game against Barnett and deserved more than a draw? Good
1: question. Good question. Um, I thought both Liam McElindon and Niall Bell um, were immense, maybe immense is the wrong word maybe that's too uh, over complimentary but they were they were very very good, they were a real handful and I think, <clears throat> I'm going to give it to Niall Bell because I think I think he needed that kind of performance he's he's an interesting character Niall, he's a lovely lad sometimes you don't want your big horrible number 9 to be a lovely lad, sometimes you want him to be a bit cutthroat and a bit ruthless but he's he can be that, he doesn't get bullied by the bigger fellas, he doesn't get pushed around too easily but at the same time he can he can make things happen he can score a goal from 25 yards we've seen him do it or he can work his way into the box and score it from up close we want to see more of it but he's a confidence player can't stress that enough he's a confidence kind of player um, and that kind of that kind of performance on Saturday I would hope the way he was bouncing off and the way he could potentially see Richie Bennett as either a threat to, to get the fire in the belly or uh, as a potential partner up front or I don't know whatever he sees the, the goings on around him I hope he feeds positive energy from it um, so I'm going to give him the, the, the man this week and, and hopefully um, we'll see him perform like that again on Saturday
0: and if he can be a bit more Diego Costa or maybe not Diego Costa maybe take it down <laughs> a ratchet maybe more Shearer then you know so just a little bit as you say just a little bit of dark arts then I would, maybe take,
1: <laughs> I would take either <laughs> good players
0: and looking forward ahead now to Maidenhead another long trip yeah, uh, down south which uh, you know it, you can't avoid it in this league that's just the way it is so many teams down south and you know you right across the country in the national league but to be fair the trips haven't really themselves affected county this season and they're scrapping for their lives anyway
1: well uh John Key made the point um uh, on saturday i should, I should say jonki is my name for John, Kieran, for John Kieran. For <laughs> I thought this is some new thing that has
0: grown up. Do you remember when John Kieran had that thing and he kept calling um, uh, Jim Gannon James? I thought it was one of those things. <laughs> you call him junkie now. Um, John now. now. I quite like it. Yeah, Let's junkie. call him John
1: Oh Well, I do. <laughs> Saved in my phone, is that? But um, so he was saying that, you know, um, we're talking about how many games we've got to win in between now and the end of the season. And the old... Cliche, the old unwritten rule, if you like, is win your home games and don't lose away. But you look at the home games and you look at the away games and you think, well, maybe those wins are going to come on the road. Teams like Maidenhead, teams like Chesterfield, who, yep, they're scrapping. and um, We've seen with teams like Ebbsfleet in recent weeks that teams that are scrapping and fighting, they they put a fist of it. You know, they, they make a game of it. Um, but when you when you've got teams like um, Harrogate to come and Yeovil to come, okay, we've got Barrow away. Um, he might well be right. So. I'm not going to. I'm not going to refer to any game as a must-win because I don't feel promotion is a must this season. However, if we are to go for the playoffs this season, if we are to really roll the dice and go for it, then we do have to win these games. Um, you would feel uh, a lot more comfortable after Saturday if we've got three points than if we have one point or no point. And I know that's stating the obvious, but like you mentioned at the top of the show, it's the business end now. we get into that kind of frame line of where, well, if you lose this one, you might not have time to catch it up. So, um, yeah, I would say it's, it, we've got to keep that away form going now till the end of the season.
0: And given that goals are at a premium, you expect the new
1: boy to start and will he be your one to watch? Yeah, he has to be, doesn't he? He has to be the one to watch, even if he doesn't start. I mean, it's Thursday now. Uh, I don't know of this moment whether he trained with the lads tonight, he probably did, but um, even if he did, that's still only one training session, so he, he may not start, uh, especially given how uh, Belly and, um, uh, and Liam McElhinney played at the weekend, but even if he only gets a 20 minute half an hour cameo, then you know he's got to be the one to watch, he's the big new centre forward that we've paid a fee for on a two year deal. So In every sense of the word. Yeah, exactly, so yeah. Um, He's going to be the one to watch this week. I'm sure he will play a part. You've got to think, he's going to be playing a part, even if he doesn't step foot on the pitch. Because if you're Niall Bell, if you're Liam McAllen, now you're thinking, well, there's the new level. There's the new standard. I've got to keep up with that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think um, yeah, he's definitely going to be the one to watch this week, Richie Bennett.
0: And just finally, you were just talking about, as we came in the door there, you had a peep show moment in
1: the supermarket? (laughs) I've just realised how that sounds, we should rephrase that, but uh, I didn't have a peep show moment. A moment moment
0: that refers to the popular TV sitcom (laughs) peep show.
1: Yeah, um, um, so uh, the missus asked me on the way out, oh, would you you pick up some um, olive oil? and uh, it turns out that's a real thing when you're standing in front of all the different choices of olive oil <laughs> which one do you pick i had no idea i was blown away by the choice i didn't just want to get the cheapest option but at the same time i'm gonna pay 12 quid for it so yeah i had to find a happy medium if um, you're
0: into cooking my advice is always get the best one you can afford olive oil yeah you saying. don't
1: want all the other people to have pressed it first
0: but for your standard your standard uh you know just like family stuff. You're probably all right with your Philippa Berio or your, you know. Your... You actually know the name, don't <laughs> yeah, you? Know the name. Yeah. So do you remember the advert, Philippa Berio, Philippa Berio. I don't, know. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, there's a great Instagram account, um, uh, no context peep show with creep show quotes on it, which is great.
1: I bet you the olive oil's on there.
0: My favourite one was, uh, that I saw recently, was Mark. Uh, speed dating, I'd have more luck, speed skating. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, Chris, thanks.
1: <laughs> Chance to be a fine thing.